This week's episode of Gear Related is brought to you by me not singing. Oh, there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a mega meta tascalastic episode of Gear Related. <laughs> I'm going to need you to spell that. <laughs> a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. Uh, I am your co-host, Ben. Alongside me is... Meta Fanta... Nope, <laughs> just Heather. You can just call me Heather. That sounds great. <laughs> Welcome to this podcast. I swear I did not give him much coffee. And here we are. Oh, I've had some caffeine, though. Oh! Oh, I've had some <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> wow. All right, cool. Well, hey. what are we going to be talking about today? Oh, just sit right down and you'll hear a tale. A tale. Mm. Mm-hmm. Of good, solid car companies. Uh-huh. Okay. So like we're and talking. awful cars. Oh. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. So we're talking like <laughs> really um, well-established car companies that just Good, made some companies. really bad choices. Real bad. And, you know, the field is large for this topic. So I chose just five from the 70s because I feel like the era known for disco is going to have some bad cars. <laughs> the era known for disco, otherwise known as the era of bad choices altogether. All bad choices. <laughs> so are you ready? Oh, I'm 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 dying to hear this. Yeah, these are great. Okay, I have a few in my head. I'm just kind of hoping that maybe some of them will be on your list. But I I feel a series of this coming on because there were so many good ones to choose from, and there people have written books, books uh, plural on this topic, and there are just lists and lists and lists and Wikipedia pages and this page. I mean, there's so much. So it's, you can uh, read that on your own, or you could just wait for us to do it. It's so good to know that there are people out there writing massive amounts of material on our failures. <laughs> Crap <laughs> self, I'm telling you. So I'm going to kind of kick it off here with, I think they were a solid company, uh, the American Motor Corporation. The American Motor Corporation. Is it corporation or company? Other, uh, company, company, otherwise known American as Motor, AMC. AMC. Um, they were pretty solid. They were around for a while. They, they, um, were, they started off in 1954 and unfortunately closed up shop in 1988. Oh, that's too bad. They, but, you know, they produced the, one of my favorite cars, the AMX. That was a really cool oh, car. I like that car. Yeah. Um, unfortunately two of their cars. Two? <laughs> are on my list. Wait, maybe that's why they closed down. <laughs> wah, wah. So let's start off. Let's start off with, you know. I think I know which one you're going to talk about. We're going to go with the AMC Gremlin. Gremlin, yes. Mm -hmm. This was produced um, from 1970 to 1978. Can I just say, before, mm -hmm. before you get too into it, can I just say it was probably a bad idea to name a car after the thing that people say are in your car. Well, it's a mythical creature that was known to cause mechanical failures. Like that's <laughs> So yeah, why? I agree with you. Why would you name it that? That that was, you know, marketing, mar you know, Bob and marketing 
Mm, oh, Bob. Maybe, maybe work that around a little bit. Think about it. Chew on it a little bit more. Yeah, so. Then next comes the Dodge catastrophe. <laughs> right. So I, I had to put down, I, I had a really fun time, like, looking up images of the ads from all of these cars. Okay. And, you know, picking and choosing, as is my want, um, to find my favorite taglines from their ads. And so for the Gremlin, one of them is, if you can afford a car, you can afford two Gremlins. <laughs> I'm not sure. Just don't feed them after midnight. What kind of a selling point that is. Like, it's so cheap, you can get two. Wait. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was, this vehicle is known as being pretty nerdy. Um, AMC was trying to kind of get a jump start on like Ford and GM into that compact car sort of boom that was going to happen here in the 70s. So the, the design team basically just kind of hacked off the back end of the AMC Hornet. <laughs> so we'll pop up some pictures on like Facebook and Instagram of these. Um, but you have this long, low, like snout of the car. <laughs> Probably wax on a lot of curbs. It's not great for hills. <laughs> and then the back is just like trundicated, just short, you know. There's no real boot or trunk to it. So I hope you don't need to carry anything. That's uh, that's good quality designing right there. Let's just take this car and cut part of it off right. and call it something else. And call it a different car. So it was available with a V8 engine, which not a lot of the other compact cars were. But then it had some like hinky jink other stuff going on. Hinky so, jink, that's the technical term. It is. They had vacuum operated windshield wipers. What? <laughs> wait, wait. They had what now? Vacuum. Va oh, yeah, yeah. You know, vacuum. Yeah, the vacuum, like your Chevy has. Yes. And, it, and I'll tell you why it's so great to have vacuum operated windshield wipers. <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> so when you're going down the road and you take your foot off of the gas that closes the throttle blade, uh, well, in this case, the, the plates on your carburetor, and that creates more vacuum. So if, you, if it's raining really hard, you have to let off the gas. <laughs> and if you decide to pass someone and step on the gas, you lose a lot of vacuum. So your wipers just stop moving altogether for a second or two and then go really slow. <laughs> wow, this seems good. So apparently it was a, a pretty crappy car to drive. Um, it had this heavy six-cylinder motor, but then they had no, like, it lost the suspension travel for the back because there's, like, no back, really. Yeah, no this thing's completely uh, front-loaded. So it made the handling pretty rough of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was dying because, you know, I love car talk. Yes, we do love car There's talk. There's a whole page on things that they have said through the years <laughs> about these cars. So, again, I chose my favorite. It's quoting from Car Talk. Quoting from Car Talk. They said, calling it a pregnant roller skate would be kind. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, I got to tell all of our, our listeners out there, uh, as Heather was researching this particular podcast, <laughs> I could just hear her in the other room just giggling and <laughs> laughing and giggling. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It's, it's, oh, it's tearing me up. All right. Let's move on. Let's stay with AMC, though. Okay. Let's see if what you else, can, what else they got? can think of the other one. 
A lot of these, I think, did make our ugliest car list as well. But next is the AMC Pacer. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the fishbowl on wheels. You are killing me. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this was uh, produced from 1975 to 1980. And its lovely tagline was, when you buy any other car, all you end up with is today's car. But when you get a pacer, you get a piece of tomorrow. <laughs> for about four years, because that's when they stopped making them. <laughs> it only lasted for four years. A piece of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just picture this. You'll get a picture, but I want you to think of the length of this car was 171 and a half inches. And it was on a hundred inch wheelbase. Okay. That sucker is wide. Yeah. That, yeah, that's well, pretty. The wheelbase. Yeah. And then, so the width of the car is 77 inches. That's like, yeah, <laughs> that's, wow. that's almost, that's almost square. It, well, no, but yeah, it's almost half the, the length. It's, this thing is wide. And yes, as you said, it's got these wraparound windows, which does lead to this fishbowl effect, because basically 40% of the total surface area was glass. Yeah, and I, I got to imagine when those, um, when those were broken, it had to be pretty expensive to replace that kind of curved glass, too. Must have been. I, I loved this. So, uh Dan Neal wrote a piece for Time Magazine about these cars, and he described it as being, he said, in the summer, it was like being an ant under a very mean kid's <laughs> magnifying glass, because there was no real good air conditioning. You just baked. Oh, that's nice. So the doors were also, if you, if you can see them, they're asymmetrical, has a stubby hood, and it had a, a rotary engine underneath. Now, this rotary engine was supposed to be built by GM, this Winkle type, but GM bailed. And so AMC was like, that's fine. We'll figure something out. So they stuffed an OHV six-cylinder engine into this little tiny engine compartment. <laughs> now, what's a rotary engine? Okay. I am going to try to explain that uh, in the best way possible, but... For those of you that really want to know what a rotary engine is, your best bet is to Google Google this and <laughs> so you can actually see it in operation. But picture an almost square-ish cylinder mm-hmm. and then drop a triangle in there. Okay. Now is this the, a child's toy? This is a, and the triangle has rounded ends on it. Okay. Now... The gear is not in the center of this triangle, so it turns oblong. Does that make sense? Yes. So as this triangle-looking thing goes around this square-ish cylinder, it creates a smaller chamber or compresses that uh, the gas and the the air. Yeah. Okay. So that triangle actually creates three separate chambers. So it's basically one piston with three separate chambers. Okay. Like I said, it's really hard to explain without visuals. It's it's good. I I also, I have to go back because I made a note here about the width of the car. Apparently it was as wide as a Cadillac of the same era. And those are like boats. (laughs) Yeah. So this thing was wide. Um, It's kind of cool. Because uh, one just sold on December 30th, 2019. 2000. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sorry. Um, for $23,888. $23,000 for a pacer? For a pacer. It was beautiful, too. Nicely done, painted, gorgeous. So it just goes to show how yesterday's mistakes turn into, I don't know, today's whatever. <laughs> whatever? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's still a pacer. Right. Um, so... The British, uh, there's a British magazine, I believe, or paper called The Motor way back in that time. And they had said that they, they, we tested the pacer and we wish we hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the pacer, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good one. So let's get at, let's get away for A and C because, you know, they're defunct now. So sorry. Rest in peace. Rest in many pieces. (laughs) Speaking of pieces, let's talk about the Chevrolet Vega. Oh, yes. I remember the Vega. So this was in production between 1971 to 1977. And its tagline was, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. (laughs) And they had no idea. Wait, wait, did they just know their car was already bad? (laughs) I don't know. Who does that? I don't know. So... This was obviously their early attempt by GM to break into this like fuel efficient compact car market. So it had this aluminum engine. It was like like 2.3 liters unlined aluminum block. And then it had this iron cylinder with just one camshaft. Is that odd? Because everyone's no, like, no. oh my gosh, this was so revolutionary. Well, because mo- a lot of the vehicles were overhead uh, overhead cams and mm. if you had a v engine then you had to have at least two cams okay so well this one only had the one and so it it wants to be fuel efficient which was great however this aluminum engine just ate through motor oil just like so much motor oil oh i'm sure see uh, aluminum uh they, they must have had like steel cylinders but it's gonna it's it's gonna expand and contract what? so yeah, it's going to burn some oil. It loved oil. Mm-hmm. Another issue was uh, premature rustling. Premature rustling? That- <laughs> sounds weird, but I have a good example. Case in point. Okay. They were driving it on, a, on the test track on the proving ground. They're about eight miles into that, and it literally just fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just fell off of it. Okay, so I, I get it. Like leaves rustling uh-huh. that just... The whole car just Done. blew apart like a pile of leaves. Just a pile. Wow. Mm-hmm. So apparently. That so sounds dangerous. I sp- <laughs> <you> think <laughs> the baby on board sign will not save you. With that one. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of cool. Uh, DeLorean. Baby the, no the, longer on board. <laughs> baby hopefully back with the <laughs> axle. Uh, DeLorean, the, the dude, he wrote a book in 1979 called On a Clear Day, You Can See General Motors. Very. Mm. Beautiful. But he uh, he writes, there's a whole chapter on just the Vega. Because apparently the staff were not even really all that interested in designing and completing and building this car because nobody really took ownership of it. And it was just, you know, crap. I think, I think people were just tired in, in the 70s, maybe. <laughs> they're just, really they're just tired. tired. <laughs> so here we go. I got to give you another, another uh, car talk. Another car talk, car talk quote? As near as I could tell, the car was built from compressed rust. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are so funny. All right. 
So on to number four for this. All right. I'm going to stick with Chevy again. Okay. The Chevette. The Chevette. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear Chevette, I really picture somebody took a Chevelle and a Corvette and made a supercar. They had a little baby. But I loved it very much. Yeah. No, they didn't. No, if, if anything, I guess it might be an inbred version of those two cars. Yeah. So this was produced between 1976 and 1987. And, you know, along with a lot of these, when they were first built and first produced, they actually sold pretty well. It's just, you know, you got to wait and let the, the problem shake out before you know about them. But in 1979 and 1980, it was the best selling small car in the United States. Hey, so, way to go, Chevy. Yeah, they did OK. However, it was known for its poor performance. Oh, that thing that you that that thing couldn't go downhill fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> it says it could get to zero to sixty in nineteen point six seconds. Days. <laughs> <laughs> no seconds. Nineteen point six seconds. Um Haggerty Insurance <laughs> did this poll where it asked all its like customers and car collectors to talk about their worst cars, and they kind of tag them as different things. This one was tagged pathetic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I feel like the Chevette name like made things much worse because it makes you think of the Corvette, like you said, which is like this legendary sports car. And instead you get this little piddly, <laughs> can't even get up to speed. You know, it also sounds like a curse word, which is probably what people would say when they were driving to. Oh, oh, oh Chevette. So here's, here's the quote. This is good. I think that it really drives a visual for the Chevette as well. Ready? All right. Car I'm talk ready. quote. Car talk quote. If I got on the interstate without being run over, the car would creep towards 55. And about an hour later, I'd reach it. <laughs> and then the shaking would begin. <laughs> <laughs> the shaking. All right. You ready? Number last five. Last but not least. Okay. Last but not least. Let's, let's head over to the Ford Pinto. <laughs> Don't say a word. The bean. Nope, the bean. <laughs> 1971 to 1980. And here's its tagline from its ads. Ford's new Pinto. The little carefree car. You're not carefree if you're, <laughs> if you're driving this thing around. Because it had no protection for the rear mounted fuel tank, right? So what would happen? It would explode if you got hit. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. well, it, was see, a, it was a fire-prone death trap. It's not the car that's carefree. It's the owner that has to be carefree in order to drive these things. Yeah. Right? This is like, That's fine if I get rear-ended and explode. I, I'm like, carefree. Death, I have no cares. I mean, it's bad. Like, that's... People... Somebody was saying that they can't... Think of the car without flames coming out of the back of it in, in their mental image. You know those Hollywood movies where the cars blow up and they're like, oh, that's not real. You can just start saying, oh, that must be a Pinto. Oh, yeah. So there was like this memo, the Ford Pinto memo, which <laughs> is like scandalous paperwork discovered where they kind of, you know, the, the uppy ups in Ford apparently back in the 70s. They calculated the cost of reinforcing the rear end on all of the cars that are out there. Good idea. Which would have cost them $121 million. Or, you know, versus what the potential payout to the victims would be, which is around $50 million. Oh, man. It's just math. It's just math. Just a little math. 
Oh, oh the ethics. So bad, right? So, uh, you know, it's kind of sad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with another car talk quote. Okay. Remember that great Pinto bumper sticker? Hit me and we blow up together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So there we go. Those, oh. are, those are five solid companies, and they're really, really awful cars. That was great. I, I need some more of those. Oh, well, that we'll was get them. definitely worth um all your research thank you so much heather for doing that i'm still i'm kind of tearing up a little bit but <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun it was good plus all you out there um if you guys have any terrible cars tweet them at us so yeah we'll, definitely we'll do the research man absolutely find some more hidden memos maybe you know where to find us at facebook at twitter instagram that's at Sean Auto, S-C-H-O-E-N. And check that out. We'll get some of those photos up there so you can enjoy these lovely little cars for what they are. And thanks for hanging out with us. Bye.